Hey everybody, welcome to our fourth edition of North of 18th. It is an exciting week to be a Chicagoan. And I want to welcome my main man, Matty in. How you doing, Matty? Still recovering from that hangover from last night. It got a little exciting over at Wrigley Field, as many of you know, and uh, looking forward to talking about it on today's show. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing well, man. I cannot be doing much better. I'm taking a little half day tomorrow, doing a little traveling, but the overarching thought in my mind is things are good in the city of Chicago. You know, we have good, you know, big plans for today. We actually hired a new reporter, and by new reporter, I mean you did some really great. I was very impressed. Uh, you had some good commentary before the game, and things, you know, really developed for us. So we'll share with our listeners your insight on the game and and get some of your feedback on what it was like to be there. I'll focus on the Bears because I know that you have a lot to talk about being at the game. I have minimal bads this week. I know you have a couple, and, and really we're just trying to nitpick, find something to, to improve, right? So we'll talk about the good, our goods and bads. We both survived our, our survivors, so we'll talk about that and then uh, kind of discuss the, the bets that, that we placed or we offered last week. So welcome, everybody, to our fourth edition. I know we've had, I think our listener list is up to like 30 we're just our listeners are multiplying that's like a 20 percent increase over uh just last week alone i'd say we're doing pretty good man i know we got a lot of people out on the street talking about our podcast and it's just uh i'm, I'm working on promoting it at work with my friends just trying to get people to listen to it and uh i'm just excited i think it's, it's good to be here i was a little skeptical i'm gonna be honest at first uh, about this whole thing going down but it's it's really been uh been a fun experience thus far and i'm, I'm glad we've come this far and it's especially more fun when the uh, chicago sports teams are are doing well i make it makes it much easier and a lot more exciting for our listeners out there so we appreciate everybody who's tuning in and like dave said i have some uh, great in-game audio i actually had the i was lucky enough about 10 o'clock yesterday my brother texted me he's like hey you want to go to the cubs game i'm like uh yeah what a game and I, I just want to if you weren't there it's it's really hard to comprehend exactly what went down yesterday I think the audio clip that we that I recorded beforehand will help do you justice and pull you in a little bit to just exactly what was going on even before the game started it was just it was so much fun yeah so let's jump right into that I have it and play it for our listeners and um, again yeah it was great here we go Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, here we are at the uh, NLDS Game 4. A lot of energy in the air over here. Uh, we got Jason Hamill going against John Lackey tonight. you got to be excited about our odds. Uh, Lackey coming off of uh, just three days rest. Actually, the last time he's done it in the last 10 years. Uh, Jason Hamill hasn't pitched in two weeks. I just feel like he's going to come out and do something special tonight. I'll see how uh, short of a leash he has. Uh, we got a pretty uh, reliable bullpen to go off of. They've been pitching one hell of a series thus far. Uh, everybody's just stepping in. You know, Arietta had a little bit of a rough outing last night, but then again, that's a, that's a Cubs team this year. Everybody's stepping up. Next in line, we got a real red hot. I see Soler out on the field actually right now, warming up. Oh man. Four for four in the series, and actually he's reached base in all eight of his at-bats. Uh, just incredible. Uh, from bottom to top, man, a 
I'll tell you what, though, the one thing we're going to miss out on is uh, Addison Russell today. Uh, late scratch with a sore hamstring from last night's game. Uh, Yadier Molina also will not be starting today, so you got to like our odds with uh, framing up on pitching on the Cardinals side. I think we should be able to see some better pitches. I, it just adds that dynamic, but I hope you can hear it in the background. It's uh, a lot of excitement out there. I think we're ready to, uh, to take it down and bring a W and keep this from going into St. Louis. Uh, yeah, awesome job, Matt. I, I wish we could have broadcasted that live because it was good insight. I'll, I'll have to fact check you on a couple things. Uh, you said that Soler had gotten on base in his eight at-bats. It was actually nine, so you're off by one there. But great insight, man. That was really good. Hopefully you can bring us something again in, in the next game. So I'll give you that one, Dave. You're a little nitpicky because you're a little bitter because you have no bad to talk about Chicago sports this week. So you got to you gotta come after me. I get it. You need to feel a little better about yourself. And uh, if you want to get nitpicky, too, I was... Uh, I was alluding to Jason Hamill having a better outing than he actually did display, but I still was correct. He did do something special last night, and he came through with a huge clutch hit that kept that inning go going. And I'll tell you what, what's even more important on top of that is the fact that he got a single and he got inside John Lackey's head. From start to finish, we, we totally owned John Lackey last night. He was not himself like he's pitched all season. And I must say myself, too, the, the crowd, ch- the chanting Lackey after every pitch. Like, he'd be on the mound. He'd be ready to start going out there to throw a pitch. And you just start the Lackey chant. Lackey. Lackey. It was totally working, man. He had to step off the rubber a couple times to gather his thought. But, like I said, my pregame analysis, I think it was huge that uh, Yadier Molina was not in the game. Uh, Tony Cruz is the backup catcher, and he is just he is second rate to, to Yachty. It's just not the same catcher, and just constantly saw them sh- the shaking off pitches, and you could tell that he was frustrated with his battery mate out there. Yeah, and I think Cruz did have an RBI, didn't he? I think he's the guy who had that hit, a two-out or two-strike hit, and then uh, Soler gunned, down, gunned him down, right? Yeah, it was it was Cruz that got gunned down at the plate. So you're right; he did get that big uh, big RBI at the time. It was the basically he he was the go ahead run on the on base paths. And you know, as as we recap the game last night and talk about our goods, there's just so many to talk about. So many things went great for the Cubs last night, and that put out by Soler from the outfield, man. That that sets the game up. They, they go up 5-4 on that. You know, if he doesn't put them out, it's 4-4. And it, much, much different game from then they're out. But I'll tell you what, from the beginning of the game, the Cubs were playing, playing with so much excitement. I, I personally didn't think they could lose last night. Uh, what's your take? What was your thoughts going into that game last night? You know, I felt good about it because our bullpen has been pretty strong. I knew it would be a bullpen game. I hoped to get four and two-thirds from Hamill. Definitely didn't expect that hit, but you're right. That hit he got was the catalyst for the offense getting going and Lackey falling apart. You're, you were right, exactly right. Hamill did do something special, not on the rubber, but uh, you know on the plate. 
it, it was great. And you, you touched on it, talking about bullpen. That's actually one of my goods for today is the Cubs bullpen. It's man from the from the first game of the series to now to the the whole entire playoffs. Uh, well, I guess Arietta went nine nine innings in the uh, wild card game. So we'll just talk about the divisional playoff game. But last night, actually, I, I, as I like to do, and as the viewers out there, the listeners out there know, is I really like to drill down and find those fun stats. And one that I found especially interesting was that the Cubs did use eight pitchers last night, seven from the bullpen, and of course, Hamill, so that's eight pitchers. That is the only second time in a clincher that that's ever happened in baseball postseason ex- history. So I think that goes to what type of a manager Joe Madden is. He's a game manager and he came out there and one of the most exciting parts of the whole entire game was Justin Grimm. You got to tip your cap to that guy. I mean, he came out there and he he just mowed him down. Three strikeouts and Chris Bryan had that big air. Right. And I think I think it was what was it? Inning 6 or inning 5? I can't remember now that we're talking, but you know what? Grimm great teammate. That air occurred and he didn't get upset at all. He just said, "Okay." I'm going to come out there and I'm going to knock him down. Yeah, and talking about Grimm, when he went in, my mom, actually my mom sent me a text and asked if Grimm, Grimm was any good. And I kind of had to think about two different Grimms, right? Early in the year, he was pretty much lights out. And then towards the end, I think he was probably overused. So he wasn't as consistent. So I, you know, I told her he's good, but he's been overused. Luckily, we, he hasn't been used in a little bit. And Maybe on full rest and not having those high-stress innings build up on him allowed him to concentrate and do well, but he was he was lights out, man. Yeah, anytime you uh, strike out three batters in one inning, you're, you're flashing good stuff. I mean, from everybody just really stepped up. And I think, you know, when you look at the Cubs' bullpen, too, you see a lot of retreads out there. I mean, he... Rodney? I mean, that's a guy from all the way from Tampa. He was released this year. It just goes to show, like, Theo Epstein just picking up players this year, and uh, Jed Hoyer, too. I guess you got to tip your cap to him and being able to assess talent and bring him in. But that's one of the – It's going forward, it's going to be a very important part of our team in, in this postseason. I mean, anytime you look at any of the past World Series winners, I mean, bullpen tops the list. you got to have a good back end to, to be a lead up those innings and, sh- and shut them out, which the Cubs were able to do with the game last night. Right, and I'm, I'm glad we moved on from the Cardinals, and that one of the things I was worried about is how, how badly the Cardinals have owned Pedro Strope. And, you know, it showed off maybe a little bit in the first game, but he was great last night, and I think I'm, he's probably glad to have that little slump over him and, and moving on to a different team. So, yeah, we'll take that as, as our first good from you, man, is the, the Cubs' bullpen. Great. How about my main man, Javi Baez? We've, I've talked about him on the podcast many times before, and one of the reasons I really like him is because I've seen him play down on the farm, and, and he just crushes balls. But you talked about, in your in your pregame speech, you talked about how we would be missing Addy, and, and he's great. Obviously, he's our best defensive shortstop, but there's no way Addison Russell would have been able to put that ball up into the right field bleachers. That was incredible. I've never been at a Cubs game where it has been that loud before. The place erupted. And I'll tell you what, from start to finish, I had goosebumps the whole entire game, and especially at that point, you just something special going on that whole entire game, and you got to tip your cap to those guys. And you, you talk about Javi Baez, and I think it's fair then to bring up the Cubs' whole offensive surge, this whole entire 
uh, postseason, 10 home runs <laughs> the Cubs have now scored in the NLDS. And you know what's really surprising about that? Only one was hit by a player that's not older than 26. So that goes to show you the youth that the Cubs have behind them. You put the two together. So what I guess what I'm trying to say is that we took down the Pirates. Now we did take down the Cardinals. Nine of our ten home runs that were scored last night, all by players 26 and younger. So the Cubs, ladies and gentlemen, are here to stay. And I think the, I think the game goes much more beyond what people are thinking on the surface of that game last night. It meant so much to the Cubs showing that we are the team to beat in the NL Central going forward. We just beat two teams. One had 100 wins. One had 98 wins. Cardinals have owned, I hate to say it, the Cardinals have owned us for a very long time. And it, it's it's like a lot of good teams turning the, the corner. You go back to, uh, fact check me on this, I believe it's 2004 Red Sox down 3-0 and to the New York Yankees. And they came back and they won that series and then they went on to win the World Series that year. That's kind of, I don't want to get too ahead of myself here, folks. But to me, that, that it's kind of going in that same direction. It's just, just very exciting. Right. I agree with you. And, and for a while there, I was thinking as this year, it's just maybe icing on the cake. You know, we didn't expect them to be here. But now that we're here, I think we can we can do some good things. So, yes, we were ahead of the game and we didn't expect to be here. But now that we're here, I think the players are taking advantage of the moment and trying to seize it, right? Absolutely. And, man, are they seizing it. My brother told me it's before the game started last night, and I, I didn't really think much. Of, I, if someone would have told me in any other situation, I would have thought nothing. I, the, that was the first game last night that the Cubs, in postseason history, have actually clinched a, a home playoff game. I just am flabbergasted when I hear that. I mean, Wrigley Field's been around for 100 years, and we've never clinched a postseason game at Wrigley Field, and last night was the first time. Yeah, they they said that as soon as the game was over, Caroline turned to me and said, "Are they? Is that real?" But yeah, I mean, it says a lot about where the team has been and how good the management and these players are. That something as as huge as never clinching a series at home is is out the window now. Right, we've did it. Now we've done it. Let's move on to the next milestone. Sure, let's, let's bring home that. Uh, let's bring home that pennant, and then bring home that World Series title. That's right. So to move away from the Cubs, I'm sure we'll come back to them. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the other good things that happened over the weekend. We failed to say that the Bears won again. And if you guys, re- if you listened to our last podcast, you might have taking a recommendation on the Bears nine, uh, plus nine points. Uh, that was all, you know, a straight-up win, but I think the thing I want to talk about, and he's due, you know, the, the compliments are due because everyone rides him more than anyone in the league, and Cutler really stepped up, man. He had two beautiful touchdown passes. Yeah, he definitely had a solid game, and the uh, Bears were down by 17-3 to at halftime, and final score, 18-17. And I'm going to take that a little bit into to my bad. I know we don't have a lot of bads this week, and minor injuries. And it's kind of a playoff of Dave's good with Cutler. I mean, he he just he just does not get a lot of credit in Chicago. I I agree with you. I think he's uh, I agree with most of our listeners and most of the uh, fans in Chicago that he just has a pretty poor attitude, and I think that really sets the mood and reason why people don't really care for him. But 
put the, put this into perspective. He's we've talked about it in our past shows. White's down for the year, most likely. Jeffrey's still out. Eddie Royal went out. You're talking about a guy. The O line is in shambles. I did hear Bushrod is coming back this weekend, so that's something to look forward to. But I mean, Kyle Long and Slauson have pretty much stepped it up. But other than that, it's been a merry-go-round out there. And you're talking about a guy stepping up behind a O line in shambles with no wide receivers, still finding a way to win football games. And, you know, maybe that's me being a Homer fan. I don't know. And being too much in love with Jay Cutler. Uh, what do you think about that, Dave? No, I think he. the credit is due. I was waiting for the big interception. And we always talk about the Cutler moment. Or I always talk about that, that Cutler moment. And it didn't it didn't come this week. He stepped up. He, you know, even saved our, our young center in a low snap. And just a perfectly placed throw to Forte in, um, in the corner of the end zone or on the side of the end zone. Great catch by him, too. It was just, you know, if we can get that consistency out of Jay, we I think we can play well and hopefully compete for for the the conference but the conference goes through green bay we have them one more time unfortunately it's in green bay but you know i think we can go into the bye week at three and three that would be a huge accomplishment it would be a huge accomplishment people sitting there back a couple of weeks ago and we we're sitting at zero and three to think we even had the possibility of going into the bye week at 500, which it's it's still going to be a tough game, Dave. I, I was a little optimistic about the last two, but I'm I'm a little less optimistic about this game coming up on Sunday, and I'll tell you why. The Lions are 0 five. This is at Detroit. I mean, their their season's over. I mean, you can't come back from from 0 five right now. I mean, that'd be some sort of record, but. They're going to be playing with everything they got. They've got a chip on their shoulder. Stafford was actually taken out of the game, and he was benched last week. So right. should be interesting to see how that all plays out. And, I mean, that kind of leads me into one of my goods on the day is the Bears secondary. And emergence, we've been waiting for Kyle Fuller to step it up. He, along with a lot of the other youngsters out there, have been playing some pretty good defense. Last week, only 181 passing yards allowed. Uh, the penalties, Kyle Fuller, you remember that very costly penalty against it was Arizona. There's a big pass interference call. He's just uh, he's playing a lot better. I, I think that just goes to say a lot as a team, though. We got McPhee now stepping up. He is he is a playmaker. He's living up to our expectations, probably exceeding expectations at this point. He had a block kick, which that's awesome. Was, it was huge. I mean, you talk about not the blocking that kick. You're talking about a much different game. You're talking twenty to three. Right. I, I think that was the turning point of the game. To you know, and you could see him on the sideline. I, Kyle Long said in one of his post game interviews that McPhee came up to him and said, "We're going to get you the ball back in that fourth quarter, and we need to score." And so I think he's. He's not only leading on the field, but he's becoming a, a vocal leader, and that's great. That's what you want out of your high-paid guys. Sure, sure. So you talked about some of the bads and the injuries, and I know you have a couple of other. One big thing we both talked about what happened during game one of the Cardinals. So I know you felt really strongly about this one. So why don't you tell us a little about what you felt uh, one of the bads out of the game one. Yeah, and so... I'm never one to really complain about officiating. I'm I'm a big proponent of kind of you got to take care of it on the field, and there's always dynamics going on in the game. And you know you'll get a bad call going your way, but you also get a good call going your way, and it generally it generally works out over time. I'm going to complain a little bit here. That Phil Cuzzy strike zone in game one, I don't know if it was just 
TBS showing the strike zone on TV. So maybe it was a little more apparent to everybody that probably played into it a little bit. Uh, maybe a lot of it for a lot of people. It was a terrible, terrible strike zone. And, you know, that changed the whole entire game for the Cubs. I mean, you, you talk about, <laughs> I could go and so many, talk about so many different things there. I mean, you talk about Theo coming in and changing the whole culture of the Cubs organization and changing into which an organization which they just see a lot of pitches. And I think, quote me on this, I, I, I want to say the Cubs are at the top of, of the whole entire MLB for a number of pitches seen per at-bat. And, when you start to call strikes that should really have been balls or vice versa, you really start to talk about changing a whole game. There's one call in particular that Chris Bryant strikeout in, in the eighth inning. Are you kidding me? You don't need a strike zone to see that. That was a foot out of the strike zone. I mean, it was up at his chin. Yeah, it was, it was just That was terrible. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and I'm glad you touched on that, Matt. One of the things that I heard a lot on the radio and TV is that it was a bad strike zone for both teams. So both teams had to deal with it. And yes, I agree with that. But the thing that gets me, like you said, the Cubs have a lot of patience. They take a lot of balls and they work the pitch count. That's one of the Cubs' strengths. So when you open up the strike zone, they're not allowed to use one of their strengths. So I think that even though that strike zone was huge for both teams it affected the Cubs more because essentially it took away one of their strengths. Sure. Let me ask you this, Dave. We had the strike zone on TV. For all the listeners out there to be able to to see as they're watching the game, it makes me start to wonder, do you think that this could mean that umpires might be... I mean, we already have all the instant replay going on, on going after every play. Did we get the call right? Do you think in the future that we're going to have balls and strikes called by a by a camera, some sort of automated system. Yeah, well, it's. I think in theory it's a good idea. We're already using the technology. We're monitoring pitches. But I think one of the things that major leagues try to fight are delays in game. And, and I think that's one of the reasons they've lost viewers in, in recent history is because the games are so long and sometimes really boring adding that (laughs) that computer dynamic or robotic dynamic if i think if there's a way pitches start you know strikes and balls can be called right away there's no delay same as they are with uh, a normal umpire then i think why not i mean if it's going to be more accurate definitely and then you Mm -hmm. can use umpires to to do the rest of the the calls but i'm for it if there's a way they can do it quickly the way we have it now sure i i would have to believe that someday it's going to happen just like the designated hitter is going to happen in the nl someday it's just almost a matter of time you know what's interesting about phil cuzzy I spent maybe a little too much time reading up on this guy, and he's got a bad history. He He's along with a lot of other umpires, like Joe West comes to mind, but Phil Cuzzy was actually fired from Triple A. He was a Triple A umpire, and he got fired in 1993. He went on from then to, he was doing bartending or something like that, and then he actually came across, three years later, he came across some someone with power in Major League Baseball, and I don't know if he took him out back and did something to him. I, I don't know what happened because apparently it had, whatever it was, it had to be a big deal because this guy, you, there's a Mets game not a few years ago. I mean, they hate him in New York. He's, you don't want it, the outcome of a game to change based on bad officiating. That's yeah, and I you know I did a little bit of research on that, not as much as you probably did, but. 
one of my best friends is, is from St. Louis, and he said they actually had an incident with uh, maybe LaRusso a couple years ago in the where LaRusso got thrown out by him because he was arguing balls and strikes. So I don't understand why a guy who's notorious for uh, having a big strike zone and throwing people out, why would they put them in that situation? Is there an umpire shortage or something? I'll tell you why. You want to, It's because we're talking about it right now, and it does add some sort of element to the game, and it does add sort of some maybe excitement. I don't know. That's the only reason I could. That's the only reason I could conjure up because I'm with you on that, man. I I just I don't know, but. You know, it is what it is. The Cubs got past it, and it kind of leads me into... I'm going to stick on the bad side. This is kind of a cop-out on bad, though. So I had, like, like Dave was saying, I had to get a little nitpicky, and so this kind of goes to Cubs fans. And I'm not going to say that it's not myself included, but I am, I guess, in, 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 in its expectations. And this goes back all the way to the, and we're, that's why we're called the lovable losers. And I want to say that's a bad, this whole mindset that we have, this, this negative mindset, oh, something always bad's going to happen. What's going to happen next? Back in 2003, Steve Bartman, the whole incident there, it's just the whole entire game last night. My brother looked at me multiple times and he's like, God, I hope something bad's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm like, come on, dude, we don't need that. We don't need that bad attitude. And that's that's what's different about the team this year, and that's what that's what's so exciting about it is that it's time to say Cubs fans to get to get rid of this bad, let's push this bad, and so I don't have to talk about it anymore. It's it's done, man. We're we got a good solid young team, and we're ready to move forward. You're right. That's that's one of my favorite things about this team is I don't know if they're just so young that they don't know. I'm sure they know the history, but in the past, you know, anything would happen. Yesterday, they scored on us in the first inning. In the past, I'd have been like, that's it, game over. But it, it's not like that anymore. Maybe it's something Jed, Theo, and, and, and Madden bring to the table, but you're right, it's different now. We're not waiting for something bad to happen, so it's it's great. Bad expectations or something bad to happen is just not in the back of my head right now. Yeah, you, you touched on it, man. Joe Madden and Theo Epstein, that's a culture they, they have created in that, in that clubhouse, isn't it? The whole, the whole organization. I mean, you, of course, those guys are going to get most of the credit, but Joe said it best. Uh, this is, uh, I'm going to quote it word for word here, and I, I saw this, and it really resonated with me. And this is Joe. He says, I think it gives our, in regards to the win last night, I think it gives our fan base hope for the future regarding they're not waiting for something bad to happen all the time. That's it. That's it, man. He's just so cool. He's Joe Cool, man. Light shows, whatever, you know? You're right. It is pretty nit- nitpicky to, to talk about expectations in our bad. And, and maybe let's do it. Let's talk about it in our bad this once and move it on. Because as a team, you and I are moving past those bad expectations as well, along with the Cubs. And now that we're talking about Joe Madden, I just want to go back talk a little bit about Game 2, that second inning. That is probably one of the best innings I've ever seen watching any baseball game. And that inning was all Joe Madden. He just has so much trickery. He had to get ahead in that game. He just had to open it up. He knew exactly what he, he's like a great chess player. Like he could see everything just slowly developing. Like steps before anyone else can. And as soon as Austin Jackson got on second base and he stole third base. Yep. I mean, it was all set up perfectly. And I was reading that the Cubs haven't even done any sacrifice bunts. They they hadn't even started doing that until early September this year. They, he was preparing for this postseason right. back in early September. 
And he knew that he was going to pull that out of his bag. And what a perfect time to give the Cubs a, a managerial lift like that just to get the floodgates open. You talked about that that inning in the second game when the, there was, I guess, two almost sacrifice or safety squeezes that worked in our favor and there was an error on that. But to take a step back from just that specific inning, every button Madden has pushed this series or even this entire playoffs have just worked perfectly. If you remember, he sat Schwarber in place of Solaire in game, was it game one or game two? No, I think it was game two because Schwarber played in Pittsburgh. He, he moved them to left. Home run. And so he puts Solaire in and people are asking, why did they? Why is he sitting Schwarber? What happens? Solaire comes in and hits a freaking home run to center. Every single button he's pushing is just worked perfect. I'm just hopeful that he can, you know, he has other things in his back pocket. He talked about that little paper he has that is just dripping with statistics. Hopefully we, we have some good stuff lined up for the championship series. And who do you think we're going to play? That's funny. I was thinking the same. I was going to ask you the same thing. Let's take it back. Who would you prefer to play? I'm going to have to say both both teams are dangerous. Uh, I know that's that's kind of a cop-out and, and kind of avoiding the question, but I, okay, I guess I'll pick one. I, I probably would have to say the Mets. Uh, I mean, you got Grinky and Kershaw at the top of the rotation for the for the Dodgers, and that that might be some of the Cubs' kryptonite going forward. Is that they, you know, it's been fun to watch this this power surge, but it's a little it's a little concerning. It could be concerning uh, to see such an offensive surge go up against good solid starting pitching, and the Mets have good starting pitching too. I just feel like the Dodgers are playing with more of a sense of urgency right now. I don't. Regardless, I think they're both going to be tough teams. Yeah, I agree with you. They both have their studs uh, in the rotation. I think what is the differentiator for me is that the Mets are hitting the crap out of the ball. I think I would rather face the Dodgers because I don't think they hit the ball as well as as the Mets. The Mets are just been on fire. It's it's they have the momentum right now. And sure, the Dodgers have just been pretty consistent. So I think you know we have two aces also. We can match up. You know, we threw a no-hitter in L.A., so we know we can beat them. I just think that the Mets offense is a little better, and, and, you know, that's how we advance is we advance beating the Dodgers. I could see that. Absolutely. So let's uh, let's hope for good things. The series starts on Saturday night, and uh, it'll be a game on Sunday. I'm actually hoping that I get to attend one of the games, um, targeting game five, potentially game four. Uh, so I'll, I'll definitely have to... to do a clip in and get some audio from from those games. Definitely, maybe you can get an interview with one of the players. Yeah, I'll for, I'll, yeah, for sure. That will. I'll tell them about our. I mean, obviously, they'll know about our podcast. So I'll just you know, north of 18th Street. So I'll get to talk to whoever I want. Probably gonna talk to Chris Bryant. I mean, yeah. To be honest, I'll see if I, what we can do about giving you a press pass. Sweet. We'll talk about the matchups. I think uh, the Cubs have, haven't made it official, but we'll probably start Lester. I know that tomorrow the Dodgers are pitching Grinky and the Mets are pitching DeGrom. So they'll be out of probably game one and two. You would imagine that Kershaw pitches game one for the Dodgers. And yeah, I would imagine Harvey probably pitches for game one. I think he pitched yesterday. Uh, he did pitch yesterday, I believe. Yep. Right. So we would probably be looking at a Lester. You think the Cubs aren't going to move up Arietta to start that game one? No, I think he'll pitch game two. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. Hey, north of 18th Street, that's where you hear a lot of things first. 
So before we move into our, our survivors and some of their betting options, tell me the, the one thing you think we need to do in order to get to the World Series. Defense. Chris Bryant cannot drop that ball. The good teams don't make easy mistakes. Like You can't give them easy outs. You can't give them a second opportunity to do damage against you. you got to get the outs when the outs are given to you. we got to play solid defense. Uh, Schwerber's got to take some better jumps out there on the outfield. I know he had a... I go back to uh, game one. I just felt like that first run that the Cardinals scored in that game was a catchable ball, and uh, he was a little slow getting to it, and and it started that... uh, Started the scoring and the, the game one for the Cardinals. So uh, I'm my my pick is defense. What about you? I think we just need to keep on hitting the ball. The fact that Rizzo's out of his slump, we need to get Chris Bryant to fully get out. I know he's gotten some hits. He needs to really snap out of it. But man, I'm I'm excited because. Rizzo is a guy that doesn't go into those slumps very often, and it looks like he's out of it. Two home runs in two days, so having him, you know, I think he's the key. If he continues to hit, we're going to be in good shape. I hope so. I'm hoping for good things to come. I, I think it's going to happen. I agree. So let's change gears. We we both picked the Falcons in our Survivor League, which is boring. Luckily, we both just made it. I think they went into overtime in that game. <laughs> yeah, we did get we did get kind of lucky with that one. <laughs> That's so football for you. Any given Sunday, man. Who are you picking this week? You know, one team that that I like this year is the uh, the Jets. They're playing the uh, the Redskins this weekend, so I'm going to go ahead and take the the Jets. I just think uh, they got a uh, was it Sheldon Richardson coming back? I mean, you talk about one of the best D lines in football, and. Uh, I think they're going to own the Skins. Yeah, I think that's a tough call, man. Redskins, as as bad as their record is, their defense is really good. And that Jets offense isn't. I know Marshall's been doing some things. Chris Ivory's been running the ball pretty well. I think it's going to be closer than you think, so good luck there. Hey, I like to play it close, man. Yeah, I mean, you've, you know, you called the Bears a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> which is great. So, it, I mean, that's how you win these things. You pick the teams that you wouldn't expect to win so that whenever you get later in the, into the season, like, for example, I've already used the Packers. So uh, maybe you can use them later on whenever they play the Vikings or something. So I would never use the Packers. You know that. <laughs> Mine is going to be the Broncos. That's my pick for the week. Who are they playing? The Broncos are playing, the Broncos are playing Cleveland. The, the one downside to it is they're playing in Cleveland, but Broncos are 5-0. Cleveland is two and three. I haven't checked the spread on that one yet. I would imagine Denver is probably favored. I'd imagine they are favored. I'd be a little nervous about that one. To be honest with you, Dave. Uh, I I just think the Broncos are probably the most overrated uh, undefeated team currently in the NFL. Well, I think it's more than them just being overrated. I think they're winning because of their defense, and that's not what we're used to. We're used to Peyton carrying that team, and he's not. The defense is. So maybe they are a little bit overrated, but part of it is that they're just winning in a different manner than you'd probably expect them to win. Sure. So we talked a little bit about the spread in, in that game, and I believe it was Cleveland plus four and a half, which which brings me to our my recommendations last week. I, I know we talked about how I, I suggested the Bears game, but the official one was the Rams plus nine. I'll 
I'll take the blame for that one. They ended up losing by 14, I think. So hopefully you you took the Bears' advice as well and maybe canceled them out. I know the Bears are getting two and a half points this week. I know I've already made a, a wager. I've bet someone 50 Skittles uh, that they would cover the two and a half points, or they would you know they would lose by no less than two and a half. So Bears plus two and a half. And I'll make my official recommendation this week. And it's, it's going to be tough because I'm, I'm going to be traveling, Matt. So I'll have to do some research while I'm on the road. Yeah, that's all right. So for next week, we're, we're going to have a bye week because I mentioned I, I will be traveling. We'll have a lot of things to talk about, hopefully talking about a World Series uh, trip in, in two weeks whenever we reconvene. But I want to welcome all our new listeners and, and you know get the word out again. We're excited that Maddie's on on Twitter now. Hey, I've been using it too. And just a reminder, our, our Twitter handles, in case you want to follow us or, or try to get in contact with Matt at a Bears game or a Cubs game. Hey, maybe I'll buy you a beer. Probably not, though. Who am I kidding? We've talked about how frugal you are, so maybe, maybe not. What? <laughs> so the show's Twitter handle is at north of 18th that's spelled out north of and then the number one the number eight and th and maddie's twitter do you know it matt i think it's at matt toach m-a-t-t-t-o-t-s is in sam c-h nailed it nailed it d D-A-R-A-I-Z-A-2-3. So follow us on Twitter, and we look forward to talking in two weeks about uh, the big the big games. It's going to be great, man. Cubs World Series, here we come. All right, man. Good luck with the interview this week uh, on, the, on the field. Hey, if, if I'm in jail, man, you bail me out, right? You got it. Thanks. All right, guys. Go Cubs and bear down. Later.